Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and thank you for being a listener of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about 529 plans. The cost of higher education has been rising well above the rate of inflation for the last few decades. I was shocked to look at the tuition of my alma mater, Caltech, which was $58,479 for the 2022-2023 school year. Add in room and board, books, and estimated personal expenses, and now it's $83,598 a year, according to Caltech's financial aid office. When I went to Caltech, the tuition was under $20,000 for all four years. $20,000 in 2021 when I graduated would be about $34,000 in today's dollars, with an average inflation rate of 2.45% over the last 22 years. 529 plans are a great way to help save for your children's education and generally used to fund college education, though these funds can be used for secondary school, graduate school, and professional school. Section 529 of the tax code was enacted in 1996 and established the federal tax rules for the 529 college plans, legally known as Qualified Tuition Plans. 529 plans are sponsored by states, state agencies, or educational institutions. They come in two different flavors, as prepaid tuition plans and as education saving plans. Prepaid tuition plans generally let you purchase credits at participating colleges and universities, which are generally public and in-state institutions for future tuition and mandatory fees at current prices for the beneficiary. These plans usually do not include the ability to pay for future room and board. Most prepaid tuition plans are sponsored by state governments and have residency requirements for the person purchasing the credits and or the beneficiary, meaning the future college student. These plans are not guaranteed by the federal government, so it is possible to lose some or even all your money in the plan if the plan sponsor has a financial shortfall. There is also a downside that it limits the choices of your child when it comes to where they go to college. If they end up not going to the school where you pre-purchase credits, then you may not have much return on your original investment. For this reason, education-saving plans are often the more popular option. These allow you to open an account to save for your children's future qualified higher education expenses, regardless of where they go to college. Contributions are made with post-tax dollars, So it's not a tax deduction, but the earnings do grow tax-deferred, and distributions are completely federal income tax-free when they're used to pay for qualified higher education expenses. You may also be eligible for state tax benefits, depending on which state you live in and which 529 plan you contribute to. Those state tax benefits may be for your contribution, your withdrawal, both or neither. For taxpayers in Alabama, distributions from an out-of-state 529 plan are not exempt from Alabama state income tax. If funds withdrawn from these accounts are not used for qualified higher education expenses, they will be subject to state and federal income tax as well as an additional 10% federal tax penalty on those earnings. So what are qualified higher education expenses? The tax code is explicit in what falls under a qualified higher education expense. Qualified higher education expenses include full tuition and the required fees 
toward the enrollment of attendance of a college, university, or eligible post-secondary educational institution. And it also includes the room and board. The definition of qualified higher education expenses for 529 plan purposes also includes up to $10,000 per year in tuition at any public, private, or religious elementary or secondary school, and up to $10,000 in student loan repayments. As I mentioned before, 529 plans are state-sponsored, meaning that there are 50-plus different 529 plans in the United States. That doesn't mean that you have to use your in-state 529 plan to save for college. Any 529 plan that's not one of those prepaid plans can be used to pay for college in any state. You can use almost any state's 529 plan with the exception of six 529 plans that have state residency requirements. Those plans are the Connecticut Higher Education Trust Advisor Plan, the Louisiana Start Saving Program, the New Jersey NJ Best College Savings Plan, South Carolina Future Scholar 529 College Savings Plan, the South Dakota College Access 529 Plan, and the West Virginia Smart 529 WV Direct College Savings Plan. Over 30 states offer income tax deduction or state income tax credit for 529 plan contributions. However, in most states, you must contribute to an in-state 529 plan to be eligible for a tax break on your state income tax return. In those states, taxpayers who deduct contributions to an out-of-state 529 plan would be subject to taxes and possible civil penalties. For example, Illinois offers a state income tax deduction for contributions up to $20,000 for married couples filing jointly, but only if contributions are made to an Illinois-sponsored 529 plan. If an Illinois resident contributes to an Ohio 529 college savings program, the contributions are not deductible from Illinois state income. However, there are seven tax parity states that allow residents to claim a state income tax deduction or credit for contribution to any 529 plan. Those states are Arizona, where contributions to any state's 529 plan up to $2,000 or $4,000 for a married couple are deductible. Arkansas, where contribution to an Arkansas 529 plan up to $5,000 or $10,000 if married, or a non-Arkansas plan up to $3,000 and $6,000 if married are deductible. Kansas, where contributions to any state's 529 plan up to $3,000 or $6,000 if married are deductible. Minnesota, where contribution to any state's 529 plan up to $1,500 or $3,000 if married, are deductible, or residents who meet certain income requirements may claim a tax credit equal to 50% of contributions with a max of $500. In Missouri, contributions to any state's 529 plan up to $8,000 or $16,000 in married is deductible. In Montana, contributions to any state's 529 plan up to $3,000 or $6,000 if married are deductible and Pennsylvania for contributions to any state's 529 plan up to the gift tax exclusion, which is $17,000 in 2023, are deductible. So this just shows a wide variety of what the rules are in different states. And so it's important to look at what's available in your state and whether or not you may want to consider contributing to your state's 529 plan or contributing to an out-of-state 529 plan. 
sometimes it makes sense to use an out-of-state 529 plan, even if it means you'll miss out on a state tax deduction. Different state plans have varying fees associated with their plans. If you're starting a plan when your children are young, low fees may be a more important criteria than the state income tax benefit when selecting a 529 plan. A state income tax deduction or credit generally provides greater value once a child enters high school. With a shorter time horizon, you're less likely to want to invest in stocks, so deductions on contributions may be a more attractive reason to use a 529 plan. You'll want to see if and how much your state allows deductions on contributions to your state's 529 plan to determine if it's worthwhile. Each education savings plan has certain pre-setup options, as well as different institutions where the plan is administered. Ohio and New York's 529 plans use Vanguard funds, which is the leader in low-cost index funds. California's 529 plan includes funds from Vanguard, TIAA Craft, T. Rowe Price, and others for even more options. If you're a fan of Fidelity, they manage the state plans for Arizona, Connecticut, Delaware, and Massachusetts, as well as one plan run through New Hampshire. Charles Schwab manages the state plan for the state of Kansas. What happens if your child, who you set up a 529 plan for, doesn't end up going to college? Or better yet, you have excess funds because your child got a lot of scholarship. Might as well think of best case scenario, right? Well, you can actually change the beneficiary on the account to a different child, a grandchild, or another relative. The IRS allows you to change the beneficiary to a member of the beneficiary's family, and that includes the beneficiary's spouse, in-laws, including mother-in-law, father-in-law, brother-in-law, or sister-in-law, children, including stepchildren, foster children, or adopted children, siblings, including step-siblings, nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles, and first cousins. This also includes a parent of the beneficiary, which is probably you and your spouse. You could decide that you want to use the excess 529 funds so that you can take our classes at your local community college. Another great thing that happened recently is with the passage of the Secure 2.0 Act in December of 2022, starting in 2024, 529 account holders will be able to transfer up to a lifetime limit of $35,000 to a Roth IRA for a beneficiary. This Roth IRA rule can then help Roth IRA owners avoid taxes and penalties for non-qualified withdrawals out of a 529 plan. So I hope that gives you a good overview of 529 plans. Since I don't have any children, I actually had to do a lot of research for this episode, including reading the IRS website. Of the many websites I looked at, I found www.savingforcollege.com to be a rather helpful site when it comes to 529 plans. For full disclosure, that website is owned by VentureKite, which appears to be a private for-profit business. Savingforcollege.com states they provide, quote, unbiased information to assist families in meeting the rising cost of education, end quote. And in looking at the articles on the website, it does seem like they provide generally good information. One final note, remember that your children can take out loans to fund their education you cannot take out loans to fund your retirement. Make sure that you are investing adequately for retirement before you make large contributions to the 529s for your children. As always, thanks for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed podcast, this episode, and, I would love it if really you could share you it with your friends and colleagues if you're enjoying And now for the disclaimer. 
I am not a it certified really financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and, really want and this nothing I say to should be construed as professional as investment so that we can all legal advice. Our financial this show is primarily for your education and, and entertainment. I am a physician, next but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.